0: you'll be energised by lots of practical tips, inspiring you to live a truly satisfying and meaningful life. A very warm welcome to this episode number 86 of Positivity Strategist. And I'm your host, and my name is Robin stratton Burkessel. I've invited my talented colleague, Tim Slack, back to the show. Now, Tim is the founder of the firm Appreciating People based in Liverpool in the UK, and his co-founder is the equally talented Suzanne Quinney, who's also been a previous popular guest on my show. So first, let me hear from you, Tim. Welcome back.
1: It's very nice to be back on. Um, I love your stuff. I think it's really good and we strongly recommend it to all people we train, is go and find, go and find the podcasts.
0: <laughs> that's wonderful. Well, I can't wait for you to share some of the cool stories that you've been working on since we last spoke. And I think that was about um, eight months ago or so. So I know so much has happened since then.
1: That's right. I actually I actually decided to listen to my, terribly embarrassed really, listen to my own recording yesterday to make sure that I wasn't repeating myself tonight.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. And did you like your recording? I did. Yeah, it's good, isn't it, when you listen and you think, wow, that was really, yeah, that was good. Give yourself a little pat on the back. That's very appreciative, Tim.
1: Good (laughs) role (laughs) (laughs) modelling.
0: So just to remind the audience that um, both you and Suzanne and your team work in the most, from my perspective, and I think you're getting the recognition globally for this, you work in the most innovative ways with the transformational change methodology appreciative inquiry that we both Love and practice, um, and during our conversation today, Tim, um, you're going to update us on some of the the ways that you've been doing the AI work in a variety of organisations, and particularly in very complex government agencies, including healthcare, education, correction services, faith-based organisations, and more. And maybe we won't get to all of those today, but so there's another opportunity to continue, but. As a start, Tim, I just want to say that I see a common theme in the way that you and Suzanne engage with your clients that taps into their reflective capacities, that enhances their learning, and that's with the use of journaling. So I'd love for us to dive a little deeper to explore the power of journaling. So that's one focus that I sense will be of value to those people who are listening, so that the listeners might learn something more about journaling and even be inspired to take up journaling if they're not doing it already and experience the benefits that, that it brings. But there's another reason why I'm also excited to be talking to you, Tim, at this time. And that's because you're going to be attending the World Positive Education Accelerator in Fort Worth, Texas in June 2018. Now, um, in the previous show, which was episode 85, I interviewed Molly McGuigan, who's the project lead for this Global Positive Education Initiative. And I wanted to bring Tim in off the back of that because through his firm's work in education in Liverpool, he's helping to bring positive education into the school system and he's got some really fabulous stuff to update us on with that. And I think it's going to be um, valuable to hear how appreciating people is active in bringing greater flourishing and well-being into the wider school system. So does that sound like a plan, Tim?
1: It does. But let's we start with the journal start, The journal first.
0: Yeah. And, you know, why I want to do that, Tim, is because I, you seem to be bringing it into your client engagements, and I think it's one of your big differentiators, and it's really powerful. So I know you've done it for with a number of clients over a number of years. So you must have evidence that it's working and you've got more ideas in the pipeline. So, yeah, go ahead and, and tell me what the impetus for that is and how it's impacting.
1: I mean, like like all good Preacher Inquiry stuff, it's it's a story really. Um, it started in 2009-10, I think. Uh, my wife, Suzanne, was doing some very groundbreaking work with, Uh, men in in a hostel in London, uh, people with drug and alcohol misuse problems. And she was using uh, a notebook, saying to the the clients, you know, hey, here's a notebook, write down the the things that you're really good at and that you enjoy and what's important to you. And they tried it and it it worked a bit. And then we thought, hmm, this is interesting. The idea seems to work, but let's, let's look at it further. Then went online and saw all these books being sold, journaling and journaling, and they're, they're very flashy covers, but nothing inside them. <laughs> um, and then we thought, and then we realized also there was a gap in our training because we felt and very influenced by Jackie Kelm, which was, you know, if you're going to create a good AI practitioner, they need to ha- expand their appreciative muscle and need also to create an appreciative mindset. And we realized that journaling might be the way forward if it's a different form of journaling. So he coined the phrase appreciative journaling. Um, And and literally one boxing day, it's a curious uh, English habit around Christmas, I woke up very early in the morning and thought I need to do something. So in six hours, I wrote the framework to Food for Thought, Mm. which is our first journal. And during that morning, I also emailed Jackie and says, can I use some of your stuff? And she, like ever, incredibly generous, said, of course you can. So we wrote this little booklet Launched it at the um, global uh, World conference in Ghent, an AI conference, mm-hmm. began to use it in training um, and others were using it and were selling it and then, and we had a big grant from the, the healthcare uh, project in Liverpool because they saw it as a very powerful tool for well-being. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it began to expand, and others saw it and a school saw it and said, "Oh, I love it. Can you do something for young people?" And that le- led to how to be more awesome which is the young person's journal Mm -hmm. and workbook. Um, That kind of went into a next stage, and we were using Awesome and Food for Thought in our training. And what we suddenly found was that Awesome was more popular than Food for Thought with adults. Hmm. Even though it was designed for young people and with young people, it was more popular because it was slightly wacky. (laughs) It had jokes in it and odd things in it, as well as AI tasks and all those kind of things. Uh, Then then began, others heard about the awesome and the journaling. And like all good things, it's fairly organic. And then we were approached by the National Waterways um, uh, Museum to say, can you do something for us? And that led to number one, which is a young children's workbook about curiosity and strength-based work in museums. But that has a journal in it as well. So that was our third thing we began to do. And also we realized in the work that we're doing with journaling, and we, knew the, and we knew from the evidence, we knew from Barbara Fredrickson and Martin Seligman, we knew from research on the importance of journaling, that 21 days or 28 days of saying three good things makes a massive difference. And we then realized by looking at, our, uh, at this point, we, in the last three or four years, we've trained hundreds of people in the basics of AI. We realized there were two kinds of journaler those who love journaling and we kept buying food for thought or, or awesome and get doing it again and again. And those who struggled with it. And we realized that probably the best way to do it is to do it on a shortened way. So he said to people, what happens if we produce something with only 21 days in it of three good things and added seven days of gratitude. Mm-hmm. And that was the chain, game changer because we realized that was all you had to do. Um, and then alongside that, the school where we, where we targeted or um, wrote Awesome with came back and said, we love Awesome, but it's not really what we want. So we said, what do you want? They said, well, actually, we want a resilience program like Awesome, but wrapped around a student planner. So we said, OK, we'll design that in about two months with the school, produced it a year and a half ago, and decided not to release it into the public domain until we tested it for a year. So, for a year, one school has used this, this new version, the Student Planner Edition. But in that version, it says the first 28 days is three good things. So, a whole of a school did three good things for 28 days. That's 300 students. Mm-hmm. They then had a series of school assemblies and noticed the impact that young people were more confident, were more, uh, uh, you know, more happier, and they realized over a year that these three good things didn't go away. The staff were saying to the kids and kids to the staff were saying, what's your good thing of the day? <laughs> so we've seen a cultural shift with that journal. So that's led us to then, in reflections, building in a 21-day journal into it, our, new, our latest product. So journaling is part of our core training, predominantly to help develop the appreciative muscle and the appreciative mindset.
0: Yeah, um, that's great. I mean, it is the evolution and I feel very honoured that I have, other than food for thought, I don't have that first one, but I do have in my possession the others and I'm excited to talk about Reflections in a little while because that's the latest one, I understand. Um, but, you know, I'm just curious to know um, how 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 do you get the commitment for people to do it? I mean, what's what do you sense to be their motivation to actually participate this and, and, and write down every day for 21 days what three good things happened to them?
1: I think, I mean, to be fair, some, sometimes it's because we tell them to. Um, we're honest with You're it. <laughs>
0: <a> compliant culture. <laughs> Direct
1: about it. <laughs> but also, you know, we hear people say, oh, it's really good. We, mm. we get fed back. They, that mm. they, see, they see from the evidence that journaling is a good idea. Uh, and when we're doing the train now, we tell the story of the school and we tell you, it, it's what happens, what we notice. Mm-hmm. And certainly because Suzanne's been working with this program called Learning for Excellence with the, with the hospitals all over the country, mm-hmm. she's now getting feedback on how much people like the journaling because people then ring us up and they buy another copy for a friend. Mm-hmm. So, we, so we know we know, anecdotally it's having an impact.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, and also, as I said earlier, it's films like, you know, the great TED Talk by Sean Aker on um, The Happiness Advantage is a really good explanation of why things like journaling are really uh, are really important.
0: Yeah, well, we know through positive psychology and neuroscience, right, that um, when you – well, there's a mind-body connection and, you know, so the very act of putting a pen to paper and then prompting yourself to write about something that you can access that had a positive impact on you has an extraordinary um, effect on but, you
1: there's another side to journaling as well, because I know when we looked at it early on is that we realized that Martin Seligman's people were using it with the US military as part of building their resilience going into Iraq, Afghanistan. Right. So we knew there was another other side of journaling which was about building people's resilience as well as a more appreciative muscle. That's actually about coping with stress, dealing with difficulty. And certainly in our world, um the health world you know, nurses and doctors have a, have a very stressful time, so we're mm-hmm. seeing journaling as, as also has a secondary function, or parallel function about helping people be more resilient and more and more positive about themselves. Mm-hmm. But you know, and coping better. Yeah,
0: and so what comes up for you as you say that, because it's that quieter, reflective state, it's also about being more mindful. So yes. we know the positive impacts of being more mindful where you begin to just focus on, you know, one thing at a time and be very attentive to and aware of what's going on for you in that present moment. Over time that has very positive implications.
1: Which is interesting because in in both in awesome there's a mindfulness activity
0: mm-hmm.
1: the one for young people. And in number one, which is the one for waterways and canals, um, there's a thing called the mindfulness zone. And we're there, we're encouraging uh, children and young people to actually create a space on the waterways where they can practice their mindfulness.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so wonderful. Um,
1: So that's, you know, we have built Mm. those bits into the the resources as well. Mm.
0: So um, I want to talk about reflections, but maybe we'll come back to that because when you're talking about the young people, you know, going on the waterways and um, inviting them to be more mindful, Let's talk. Um, can we switch now, kind of, to the topic of positive education and um, what you're doing in the school, the studio, right? So, I'd love you to say more about that before we we go back to reflections. Oh, the book.
1: Okay. I mean, I think there's probably three strands to this. Okay. One is one is that our journals and awesome and others are being used in schools across the country and actually wider in, in Europe and in America. Um, and, and Australia uh, and India, so we have some examples of our, those. Those journals are part of the positive education process.
0: Beautiful.
1: Um, and also, as you know, the, the the number one, the one for the Waterways Museum, is causing some excitement in the museum world. Mm. So we might we might see other museums talking to us about developing something similar mm. for, for for the uh, museum visitor.
0: That's why I was saying That's... you're doing these very innovative things in appreciative inquiry. Actually, and <laughs> let me just also say that um, how these other um, schools and institutions are finding this, not only through word of mouth and experience locally, but... Um, there'll be links on the show notes page, which is 86. I've already referred to that. So people can actually buy these from your website.
1: Yes, you can. Mm. And also I think we can also link you to – on our website also now mm-hmm. is, for example, the, the article about the studio school using AI. So so there's a – I think you'll be able to download from our website in our news section – or no, download section uh, – an article about the school. Great. Great. Um, Going back to positive education, it's very interesting this, because this is my kind of current thinking, really. Mm-hmm. There, I think there's a big issue or big challenge for us to separate what is positive education in terms of the curriculum um, and what we're doing with, that, with that education activities, et cetera. Also, we're doing positive education in relation to how the s- school operates or the education, so the way teachers operate with themselves, with their colleagues. So some of the work we've been doing in the studio school, for example, is looking at teacher appraisal through an AI lens, mm. looking at leadership through an AI lens, looking at learning from excellence, the hospital project, being developed into a school setting. So that so you are developing an institution that has an appreciative mindset as well as doing positive education in terms of its curriculum. Mm. Yes. And that's why mm. I think AI is so, so important to a positive education. Mm.
0: So it's the whole – all stakeholders, the whole system. It's not just yes. in the curriculum. And that's so interesting that you brought that up because I um, I was thinking at the time when you were speaking about the students or the young people being impacted um, by using the journal, I was thinking, what about the teachers and the administrators?
1: Well, yeah, yeah, a good example of it, you know, here's a example of it. The SOAR, the great SOAR tool is used by the school to develop a strategic plan. Right. As well as the You're SOAR tool about, being used. You're be
0: talking about Jackie Stavros's yeah, um, methodology. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep.
1: So SOAR is used
0: S-O-A-R, student,
1: R- right. S-O-A-R, strengths, opportunities, aspirations, results or resources. Great. It, it's used by the school uh, in the journal as a personal development tool. And the head teacher, the principal, and the, and the senior management team are using it as a tool for developing a strategic plan for the school. Wonderful. So you have that going on. Mm. And also you have wow. – in, in my in school I work is they have coaches. Every student has a coach. Um, and all the coaches have been trained to use a pre inquiry in their coaching. Mm. So you, So AI is permeating the whole school system mm. – Now, having said that, that's the good news. The challenge is that education system here still works in deficit. Mm. But what they're doing is blending in AI to actually change some of the thinking.
0: At the policy level?
1: Uh, Locally, not nationally, but certainly locally. Mm -hmm. Hopefully hopefully at the national level. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's a long way to go. But I think it's sometimes, you know, you're using AI in its original format as an organizational development uh, process, as well as using AI as an appreciative mindset.
0: Yeah, let's let's stop for a minute and explore this appreciative mindset. Um, and uh, um, I also kind of want to say in parenthesis to that, so it's not just about organization development, but it's also about design. You know, how we yes. design through this appreciative um, worldview or mindset. So when you mentioned that earlier, say a little bit more about what you're meaning by introducing an appreciative mindset, not only in the hospital system, you know, where you've been working, but also in the education and probably elsewhere. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, if you look at the education one, particularly, I as, just, as I said earlier, I've been looking at the school has a system for appraising an annual review of its teachers. Now, there are certain requirements of the state and of the institution to do that, so how do, we, how do we build an appreciative mindset to those questions or those tasks? Mm. And the answer has been is to, is to help staff preparing for the appraisal to have an appreciative uh, conversation or protocol to use the SOAR tool as a way of, as, mm. as a way of creating the way forward. So they're going into their final assessment from a positive standpoint. Mm. And you can argue with an appreciative mindset. Mm. And that's where, that's where we've begun to look at. And it's very early days. I mean, literally, I'm signing off tomorrow as a trustee. But, it, but it's there. It's been worked out with the staff, the senior staff. Hmm. And the other thing then is, is the mindset is getting, getting students, is teachers working from positive ways in the classroom as well hmm. and appreciative ways. And they have a the school. They've developed a thanks app for saying thank you. Huh.
0: That's cool.
1: Um, and we're looking at developing a three good things um, app with the school.
0: Yeah.
1: So the students design the app for us. Yeah. So you can do you do you can do three good things as an app as an app.
0: That's great. That's so so this the students are creating this themselves. Didn't the students also um, help design the you are so awesome or you are awesome?
1: Absolutely. How to be more yep. awesome, rather. Huh. Well, awesome. <laughs> they they co designed it, mm. yes. They, they, yeah. Lots of the activities were tested and created with them. Yeah. Mm,
0: yeah. So coming back to mindset then, um, um, I mean, it truly resonates with me because it's going beyond just the process, be- helping an organisation become more aware of itself and, and planning and so on. But it's also, well, what is yeah, – yeah, I can't think of another word other than mindset, but what's the frame that I'm approaching this from?
1: I think it. I it's it, two parts. One is I think it's about – it's about building reframing into your day-to-day practice,
0: yeah, good.
1: how you reframe yeah, stuff. Yeah. Secondly, it's going in, actually, from an AI term, going in with a combination of the anticipatory principle and the simultaneity at the same time. Mm. I'm anticipating this is going to be a great teaching session or a great piece of work. Um, I'll tell you, I mean, I'll give an example of the power of anticipatory principle linked to this, about mindset. Uh, we were we were working with the um, uh, hospital staff in, a, uh, in uh, the Midlands, and one of the, the consultant paediatricians said to us, "Well, I asked a question. When do you?" I said, "When do you, use, do you use the principles?" And she said, "Well, I use the anticipate principle when I, I meet pa- when I meet a patient's um, parents." And I said, "Oh, what do you do?" And they said, "Well, actually, what I do is, it, if I'm going to go into a situation where I'm going to tell parents their child is terminally ill, I say to them." I go, how can I anticipate this being a meeting where I'm working at my best, I'm sensitive, I'm caring, I'm thinking the best way I can handle this, and they can come out with the best outcome Mm -hmm. of a very difficult situation.
0: Great example.
1: Now that's a mindset. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's what I, you know, when when she told us this, the whole rooms went completely hush, Mm -hmm. as well as magic moments. But it really means about that going in with that strength, that ability Mm -hmm. to be appreciative, in a difficult place.
0: Yeah, that's a great example, Tim. Um, yeah, and it's bringing the principles um, to life. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> which means that you know you are in our speak being um, being appreciative.
1: I think that's I think that's probably the most thing. And I think what one of the things I've noticed in myself about it is I struggle when I come across a person who's very negative or a situation. Right. I become ultra sensitive to it, which on occasions I think is, isn't helpful. But because I think you're so kind of trained up to be and so kind of self-appreciative about it, you, you, you become a bit of a pain when you meet people who are, who are very negative. Mm. And you have, to th- you have to catch your breath and think about it. There may be very good reasons why they're negative.
0: Yeah. I think another piece of the appreciative mindset is being in this state of inquiry. You know, yes. always thinking about what's the inquiry here rather than going in there with what's the solution um, you know, what do I want to achieve? What's the answer here? But it's being open to there are endless possibilities. Yeah. And that to me also re- reflects the, the mindset. Uh, and that's
1: why when we did num- what we call number one, the book for the waterways people, canal people, we had two big things. One is how can we foster curiosity in children? Because that's the important part of being, you know, a multiple possibilities is how curious you mm-hmm. are. You want to inquire. And secondly... How do we blend in a priestly inquiry in a subtle way that isn't very obvious? Um, so we, if you look very carefully at the book, you'll see that the questions are about reflection, about being curious, mm. looking at different, looking your own experiences. But that, that's how we we blended it in, in a very subtle way. We Well, we wrote it, we weren't sure. We were told how subtle it was after we'd done it, but we hadn't <laughs> realized we'd written it. <laughs> which brings me to something else with this, actually, Robin, which is, I think, and I've said this before to you maybe, there is a new wave around the inquiry where the tools like the 5Ds aren't as uh, apparent as actually how you're operating, right. how you're, how you're mm-hmm. working in any situation you're in. Mm-hmm. And it, it's less about the big summits. They're, they're still great and very important but a lot not of our work—it's it's the small steps that are making the big differences. Mm.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, and I'm just thinking back to you know when I—and I know you're aware of this because you've told me—but when I um, published my book in 2010, you know that's eight years ago. It was the first book that took small little workshops ra- and and made it accessible for people to create just in small groups. Um, you know, focusing on an appreciative way of engaging in the traditional problems that people have. Um, and that was almost like, I think it was the first book that was written that wasn't mm. about an AI summit. And, I
1: think it was. The, I think you're right, absolutely right, Robin. And then
0: you, you've come, come even sort of micro. You've got down to the individual doing the reflection and making the changes. And even though we still have the tools that guide, it's not about them so much. Um, no. it's about how we make the translation for ourselves
1: that's right and i think i think and that's really really very important because the micro when the micros come together you get the change um you get the the, the movement that the, the actual what Gervais talks about the generativity mm. and it continues
0: yeah so anything else you want to say about um the contributions that you've made and the evidence that you're seeing in this positive education growth Uh,
1: the only one comment I'd make which I think I love the phrase positive education I think it's a far better way of explaining what we're doing Um, and and I've just changed our language the way when I talk tomorrow at the school it'll be about you know bringing positive education into all what we do so I think the term the term is really helpful
0: Yes. And what does, that, what does that mean? What are people understanding by that?
1: Well, I, I, I can't talk about myself, but my understanding is that the whole of our education approach works from a positive standpoint. Be it the, be it the curriculum, be it the school, the systems, the structures, everything. That's how it works.
0: Yeah. So it's looking at strength, strengths-based, asset-based.
1: Um, Absolutely. Strength-based, asset-focused. Yeah. Uh, and, as you said, you know multiple op- 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 multiple
0: possibilities, mm, yeah, and engaging the, the the people within the system <laughs> so that they themselves are kind of creating, co-creating oh, the, yeah. the future the, they want, the reality that they're in. it's that's it's right. all about it's that. about.
1: It's all about that, mm. about co-creation, co-design, co-learning, mm. prototyping, everything. Yeah,
0: and it's all those principles. Well, wow, this is very great. So now I want to come back to your latest publication that I love called Reflections. And the subtitle says, Realising the Power of Appreciative Inquiry, an Appreciative Journal and Practical Resource Book. So um, do you want to know why I love it?
1: Yeah, well, that'll be helpful. <laughs> we love the <laughs> feedback. <laughs>
0: um, uh, well, I love it. Well, I love it because um, the simplicity of it, the practicality of it, um, and the fact that um, you have so many outstanding reference points and quotes that that make it very accessible. So you know, you you. You talk about, for example, the benefits of journaling, but then you give some resources as to why that's the case. So it's you're just not saying what it is. So if anyone's really interested, they can go and um, dive a little deeper and go to the sources behind what you're saying. So I think I love that. I mean, I love the fact that it's, there's, it's simple, but there's depth there. And um, and I just love the idea that when you're inviting people to do their 21 days of journaling followed by seven days of gratitude, you're asking deeper questions. So you say like when they write down what their three good things are for each day, you then say against that positive event, why did this good thing happen? Now that's going deeper, right? And mm-hmm. what does it mean to you? And how can I have more of this? So mm-hmm. um, I've been doing that, Tim, and it's very powerful because it mm-hmm. requires you to begin to become far more reflective and think about the patterns and the, uh, you know, that are shaping up over time. So you get, begin to get a much bigger picture of what your capabilities are and what what delights you and. What good things that you're contributing to the world and, and receiving from the world. So it's, it's just super that you've done it that way. That's what speaks to me.
1: <laughs> Thank you. That's very very very, much, very, very, very much appreciated that. It's interesting, as listen to what you're saying, is there were four things regarding reflections when we began working on it. I mean, one was that's actually the first one that where Suzanne and I have jointly written it. Normally I write it, then she turns it into English or edits it. <laughs> this time we actually co wrote it. Uh, secondly was the, it, just it, the gestation of it was a conversation between me and Lindsay Godwin in a hotel in South Africa, uh, where I went, we need to do something really practical and simple mm-hmm. about AI. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that then reflections and per, took us two years to come out after that. But the other thing with, two other things with it. one is that the journal is part of it. The second thing for me was you, you do an AI training course, you go to a workshop, you do a lot of reading around it. What do you do on a Monday morning when you're back at work? Mm. How do you shift your organisation, your thinking, the way you do things? And that's why the second part of the book has here's what you do on a Monday morning, effectively. And the other area you wanted to look at was, and this is why the LFE excellence is in it, is how do you how do you deal moving away from a deficit base or problem focused approach? Hence the LFE Learn from excellence stuff in it. So it was all those kind of pra- combination of practical tools. Hence the. What,
0: tools. I, I miss what you said. Hence the.
1: Well, it, hence the, the practical tools going oh, in there right. about at how back, do you yeah. how do you do things great. on your date on your first date. Mm-hmm. So it was designed for the practitioner at a very mm-hmm. early stage of their journey mm-hmm. at one level. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other joke for us was we'd written we'd written the whole book, took it to our publishers who said that's great Tim I love the book but you've but actually it's two books you've written. So I said, give me my two books. And they said, well, you would written a book for the first stage practitioner, but also for for the more advanced. So we took 40% of the book out uh, and then have a new one being developed for next year. But I think and that, and because the way that our publishers, brilliant that they are, Wordscapes, edited as well as Mm -hmm. us, we made it more and more lean and more focused on the individual. Um, And one of, yeah, and also the other thing for us was that we've worked with Wordscapes for, well, oh, must be six years, oh uh, yeah, six years now, is we have built a reputation of producing quality materials yeah. in terms of design. Um, and that's what they do. They just, their ideas are fantastic. And that's with the joy to work with them.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and uh, so our books, you know, our books are, book depot is getting bigger and bigger, really.
0: That's fantastic, um,
1: yeah. Um, so there's, I mean, the, the this year, just a kind of, Just the the only thing, and this builds in the first bit into reflections is um, we've had a lot of feedback. Reflections is too good to write in. (laughs) I would agree. Uh, (laughs) And secondly, as uh, one of my uh, colleagues who liked it said, it's great, Tim. It's so lovely. It's so nice to write in. I'm using my best fountain pen. (laughs) So to react to that kind of need, Mm. what we've done is produce, we'll produce by March just the 21 days as a separate mini booklet So you you can be either standalone as a project Mm -hmm. or you can use it to keep your main copy pristine. Um,
0: Well, I had a thought while you were speaking. So um, I think you know that I teach one of the classes up in Champlain online, Advanced Applications of Appreciative Inquiry. And I'm thinking that reflections might be a good book for them to have because they're asking we oh, you know we want the guidebook you know we want the cook- <laughs> we want the cookbook how do you do this so you know there's all sorts of possibilities very good so tim i um i will put links to many of your great resources and obviously to your shop And um, of course, and is there anything else um, in wrapping up that you, I mean, there's tons of things you could say, Mm. Um, but basically on the two topics that we've addressed today, the journaling and the positive education and, you know, all the other things that we spoke about, um, is there anything else you'd like to say by by virtue of wrapping up?
1: Yeah, just a couple of things. We're now exploring a journal for um, women on mental health issues. Uh, and we 're now exploring a journal for women for mothers with postnatal mm. depression so that that's the kind of, yeah. there's more journals to appear in the next few years yeah. we think
0: well that's just so wonderful because you know you obviously have this uh, and i don't want to say it in this way that sounds crass but there is a formula or a template, but you contextualize it
1: yes exactly. well there's not that, that's exactly right we've actually we actually now produced a standardized we know some things never change mm-hmm. I uh, always need, need, need to say, we'll give the context. The questions might change. Yeah.
0: So, you know, it's a, it's a thing, you know, you have, a, you have a structure, you have a process, You, uh, but, you know, the context changes for people. So it's yeah. the same with, you know, yeah. when we're using, if we go back to using appreciative inquiry in the 5D cycle and the principles, um, they don't change. They're time, I mean, no. they're the same, but no. you, like, and I used this before, but, you know, you make the translation, you use the poetic principle and you put it, into your own context yeah. and you uh, yeah. uh, overlay yeah. your own perspectives onto it. Yeah. And that yeah. makes meaning for you.
1: Uh, yeah. And the other thing for us is that I think in 2017 we produced four publications.
0: That's heavy which going. Which was a,
1: a heavy going. Um, <laughs> but having said that, we're very chuffed with them all. Yeah. Um, mm. And um, so I think it's been a – you know, there were two years – I think these like the Waterways book was two years in development. Yeah. So you know, so we have got some very interesting ideas coming forward, and our biggest breakthrough now we think will be we're about to start some work with the prison.
0: Yeah, and then and, that'd and be, the women too. That'll be fantastic.
1: Yeah, that's gonna be really interesting. Well,
0: my heartfelt congratulations on the beautiful work that you're doing, and as I said at the outset, you know, I think you have this unique value proposition, if I can use a business term. You know, it's that you've got this this differentiator that is setting you apart, but it's and people are recognizing it. So. I'm so delighted and honoured to have been brought up to date with this conversation. Thank you, Tim.
1: Thanks, Robin. Delighted as ever.
0: Also, you can be notified of new episodes by email. Links to all these suggestions are available on positivitystrategist.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening and remember, what you focus on grows, so grow towards your best.